program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about Tom DeLong wants your UFO parts. That's correct. Tom DeLong wants your UFO parts. This tweet came from February 27th, 2023. It's just a few days ago. At Tom DeLong, it says, If anyone has fragments, metal, biological or otherwise, from a potential UAP UFO encounter, we may be interested in it at To The Stars. I'll read that again. If anyone has fragments, metal, biological, or otherwise, from a potential UAP UFO encounter, we may be interested in it at To The Stars. Apparently Tom wasn't able to get the ad on Craigslist in time, so he just tweeted it out. We have one response here from Electric Method. He says, if I'm using it, can I get it back? Well, my answer would be probably not, because we know that Tom has a history of collecting UFO metal material and then sharing it with the Defense Department. Remember a while back they were going to try to develop an invisibility cloak for tanks. Who knows what else they're doing. But the thing about this tweet that concerns me is that Tom is interested in acquiring biological material from UAP and UFO encounters. Now, I don't know if Tom's been asleep for the last three years, but I think that the idea of taking a biological material from an alien spacecraft and putting it in the hands of somebody like Tom DeLong, where it could suffer a lab leak, is not such a good idea. I mean, I don't think you could probably come up with a mask that could con- that you could convince people would protect you from this stuff. Anyway, there's another article, or another tweet rather here from Tom's. I don't know. He, it, this tells me something's afoot, and I'm not I'm not really, uh, I'm not really that excited about it. This one shows up on a Reddit report, on a Reddit uh, feed, uh, reddit.com, and it says, Tom, Tom DeLong believes that there will be change upon humanity, parentheses, biologically, that will give us abilities beyond what we can even imagine possible. That sounds like something out of a bad Twilight Zone episode. Tom DeLong believes that there will be, quote, change upon humanity, biologically, in parentheses, that will give us abilities beyond what we can even imagine possible, unquote. And then it has a tweet here from, it says February 22nd, so I'm assuming that was just like a week and a half ago, whatever. It says, I believe this to be true, and I have compassion for those in government that carry this weight on their shoulders. I believe also there is a lighter side that will force a change upon humanity, biologically, that will give us abilities beyond what we can even imagine possible. No thanks, Tom. You're going to force change on people. Wow, where have we we heard that before? Oh, but Tom's not worried, because he really has compassion on people in government. Yeah, he really feels sorry for the people that are going to have to make you put things in your body that you don't want to put in your body, that are going to expose you to, say, possible viral combinations that have received, I don't know, certain gains that you probably don't want to ingest. But it's all for your own good, because it's going to give you a Abilities that you had never imagined, like abilities to comply, like abilities to get down on your knees and lick the boots, 
whoever Tom wants to be in charge with. This is the exact opposite. The poor opposite of everything that we should be looking for in this search for disclosure, in this search for the truth. We shouldn't be looking for some alien force to force changes on us. If we want to uh, implement changes into our lives, you've got everything from self-help programs to uh, pick your religion. For me, it's Christianity. For somebody else, it might be something else. But that's what—that's how we make changes in our in our belief systems, in our personalities, in the way we do things. We don't rely on Tom DeLong to unleash some biological material on us so that we can experience changes beyond what we could even imagine possible. He goes on, and this Klaus is talking to him, Tiny Klaus, it says, Bryce Zabal tells the story of a Reagan administration cabinet member crying themselves to sleep after being briefed on the truth about UFOs. That's some more scary stuff here. You know, if you're that worried about it, if this fellow was that worried about it after being briefed, he should have shared this information with the rest of us. Now, this little thread here on Reddit, it goes on and says, In this recent cryptic tweet, Tom DeLong responds to a story on, quote, That UFO Podcast, and he gives a link there, about a Reagan official getting full disclosure and being so shocked about what he was told that he cried himself to sleep every night for weeks. Well, what did Tom say? He's seen things that made him so upset that he couldn't sleep for three days. If you have been following Tom's interviews on podcasts and interviews, he keeps bringing how humanity might be pretty powerful or immortal or even like Superman. You know what? We've been hearing this since the garden. When the serpent brought the app, the fruit to Eve and said, you can be like God. We don't, we don't need any of that, man. We just... We're just trying to get some disclosure. We're trying to get some knowledge. We don't need Tom. We don't need uh, some government agency telling us this is how it is. We just need we need the evidence, and then we can determine the truth ourselves. How about that? It says, so this begs a question. This is where something spatial about this, this, there's something spatial about humanity. Now, the sentence is kind of constructed strangely. Are we more than our biological bodies? Lou Elizondo, in several podcasts, interviews musings on this story. Like I just said, most world religions will, uh, and especially Christianity, will teach you that you uh, have a mind, you are a spirit, and you live in a body. That's that's a basic concept of, I think, most religions. You are, you are a spiritual being. In other words, it's kind of quantum. You would have it a body. I mean, if you lose a limb, you still exist, right? You just don't have that that part of your body's just been uh, has is gone. Say, if you lose a, an arm or a leg in an accident or through illness or whatever, that doesn't mean that you're not a person anymore. That just means you're a person without that appendage. Okay. If you get your appendix taken out, it doesn't mean you're not a person anymore. That just means you're the same person. You just don't have appendix. Your body's like a suit. It's what some call an earth suit. So you are a spirit, you have a body, you, you, you live in a body rather, and you have a mind. We use our mind. I mean, without our minds, it's really impossible for us to, to, to adequately interface with our environment. So this is, not, this is not a new concept to anybody who's, who's 
looked into it. Okay, Lou says that being human is something far more profound. Well, of course, far more existential, something beyond our current comprehension and reasoning. Look, Lou, we've been talking about this stuff for thousands of years. This could explain why UFOs have such a keen interest on our species and would also explain the abduction phenomena. Looking at the recent disclosure rollout by former government officials in the Pentagon and the CIA, I believe we are at the cusp of the greatest event in human history. That something profound and earth-changing is about to take place in the near future. 2027, maybe. I wonder what a abilities, powers, humanity will have that Tom is talking about, it says, telekinesis, telepathy, mind reading, manifestation, what do you guys think? That's what this reader, the, the, the reader guy says. Look, it's, it's, uh, it's the worst possible idea to think that Tom DeLong or Louis Elizondo or, or any of these other guys are going to lead you into this UFO oblivion and all you need to do is take this pill and or this biological agent, and suddenly you're gonna you're gonna have all kinds of uh, abilities that you couldn't even have dreamed of. That's that's a pipe piper, and if you look at the arguments these guys present, it's always the same thing. They they are the keepers of the truth, the keepers of the light. You come to them, and they'll tell you what you need to know when you need to know it. This notion that Tom was shown something about UFOs that was so disturbing he couldn't sleep for three days. The idea that this uh, Reagan staffer was uh, fully disclosed on UFOs, and they couldn't sleep for two weeks. All of this stuff, even if it's true, it it's terrible because what they're doing is they're telling you that yes, there's this really horrible situation about to happen, but we can't t tell you because you're not uh, you're not smart enough, you're not advanced enough, you're not emotionally ready to be able to accept this. Uh, the fact is. I don't want to be in the back seat of a car driven at 100 mile an hour by a lunatic, okay? If I'm in the back seat of a car driven by a lunatic, uh, I'm very hopeful that the lunatic will run out of gas very soon so that the car comes to a stop. We, we can't just go through uh, the, rest the, the, the rest of this whole disclosure search hoping for uh, big men like Tom to come along and spoon out a little bit of this... Uh, sighting or that sighting at a time. Secondly, Louis Elizondo, I mean talking, come on, remember, Deep State, talked about it before in the podcast, uh, Tom says that Louis has to go back in, I think he said like every three weeks or something, and be put on a polygraph test, and they, and they, and they test him to see if he has, uh, if he has re said anything that would violate his, his, uh, his secrecy oath, or whatever you want to call it. So, we can't depend upon these uh, retired deep staters to give us any kind of disclosure. They have to keep their mouths shut. If they break those oaths, they, they could be uh, tried for, I don't know, treason or whatever. So that's not even an issue. What I, what I find interesting and actually concerning about this these two tweets is Tom DeLong soliciting people to turn over to him biological material recovered from a UFO encounter crash, sighting, whatever. It's extremely dangerous. Now I want to take just a, just a, another look here at this notion of biological material and the deep state. Now we're talking about Tom DeLong's solicitation for biological material harvested from a UFO crash or encounter. Just thinking about that, that that's a pretty scary deal for me. 
But I suppose that shouldn't be surprised given Tom's deep state connections, his worship of the deep state. He's constantly kowtowing to it, in my opinion. And I, I find this article from the New Yorker a couple years ago, actually, March 18th, 2020. It says, the risk of building too many bio labs. Now, you know, we're not talking about uh, Alex Jones here. This is the New Yorker, and even even folks on the on the liberal side of things, I think, can see that the idea of having a lot of these bio labs running around, or let's just say biological material that we don't understand being turned loose, is not a very good idea. It says, Plum Island is situated at the mouth of Long Island Sound, low to the sea and covered with vegetation. It's three mile long isosceles triangle. It's tail pointing eastward. The island is home to more than 200 species of birds, including kestrels, great horned owls, and little blue herons. The Plum Island Animal Disease Center, where Dodd works, also hosts a rotating cast of around 40 or 50 animals, mostly cattle and pigs, that do not leave alive. They're talking about Plum Island, of course. That's, it says here, the very first article, I skipped that, it says, uh, it's in Connecticut there. She says, on weekdays, Kimberly Dodd, a virologist and veterinarian, drives to a marina in Old Seabrook, Connecticut. She parks alongside her colleagues' cars and flashing her badge at the guards in a plexiglass booth, walks aboard a white passenger ferry. Inside, her co-workers recline in their seats, reading, listening to headphones, or napping. The ride to Plum Island, where they work, takes about 30 minutes. So they're up here in, you know, in the Eastern Corridor, just minutes away from millions of people experimenting on animals with biological uh, agents that will kill those animals. What happens if there's a lab leak, like there reportedly was uh, in China three years ago? What happens if this lab leak is something that's a lot more deadly than what we experienced the last time? And I'll compare that to something that could come off a spaceship from another galaxy. The idea that Tom Long should be turned loose with biological material recovered by some random person at the scene of a UFO crash is insane. It goes on here and it talks a little bit about this scientist's experiments. Uh, it says, on sunny days, Dodd sometimes spends a trip home on the ferry's roof decks, blah, blah, blah. And then it says, the NBAF is part of a broad expansion in the number of American high content, high containment labs which began after the 9-11 terrorist attacks and shows no sign of slowing. So, you know, we have a terrorist attack happen, and thousands of people are killed. It's horrible. And the response to that is to build, oh, I think I've heard, it's in the dozens now, of these bioweapon labs all over the place. Victoria Newland admitted that in the Senate hearing committee with Marco Rubio, that they had him in Ukraine. And it's like, what are we doing here? I mean, do we need to have that many of them? I, I mean, the, wouldn't you think, isn't it, isn't it uh, standard reason that the more labs you have, the more chance you have for an accident to occur? But this is deep state fascination with this stuff. It says, the attacks and the anthrax layers that followed galvanized spending on biosecurity, the resulting growth in BSL-3 and BSL-4 facilities expanded our research capacities, but the expansion has also created its own risk. No lab is perfect, and even well-run facilities suffer breaches. The new labs are spread out geographically, and no central authority 
regulates them or monitors their proliferation. The decision to build NBAF in Manhattan, which is home to Kansas State University, was deeply contentious. Supporters argued that its location at a major agricultural campus would speed its response to new threats. Critics maintain that building an animal disease lab in such close proximity to ranches and feedlots was reckless and increased the chances of a catastrophic outbreak. So this is the kind of people that we have running our government. You want to you want to investigate hoof and mouth disease, maybe work on some new viruses that kill cattle in, say, in a couple days instead of a couple weeks. Sure, we can do that. And hey, let's put this right in Manhattan, Kansas, right within, you know, 30, 40 miles, 100 miles, whatever, of the biggest cattle feedlots in the world. Let's, not, let's just go ahead and see if we can jeopardize 20 or 30% of our nation's beef supply. This is their reasoning. It's as if we're dealing with people who A, are incompetent, or B, they are truly evil, and they're doing things, and they're, they're, creating the, uh, they're creating the circumstances for an outbreak, but they're doing it in such a way that they'll have plausible deniability. You know, kind of like, kind of like the old crime boss. Uh, somebody gets killed that he once killed, but he happens to be on vacation that week, two thousand miles away. Doesn't mean he didn't have somebody do it, but he does have plausible deniability. Al Capone's old trick. It says the new coronavirus has plunged us into an infectious disease crisis, with which we are struggling to cope. As we respond, the years-long debate over MBF raises worrying questions about American biodefense policy. Will more labs help us fight outbreaks, or are we building too many labs in too many places? Who, if any, is responsible for making sure that labs are well run? So we've been talking about Tom DeLong's solicitation on Twitter to procure uh, UFO metamaterial, including uh, biological material. Now, For me, that's concerning. Maybe not so much for you. But think about this article from Scientific American. And this came out clear back on November 2nd, 2017. You can imagine how much progress they've made since then on these machines. It says, Mail Order CRISPR, that word CRISPR, all caps, C-R-I-S-P-R, allow absolutely anyone to hack DNA. Experts debate what amateur scientists could accomplish with the powerful DNA editing tools and whether its ready availability is cause for concern. Well, of course, that article came out in 2017. And as we said before, if you live past the three years, the past three years, you probably do have concerns about uh, DNA editing, things like gain of function. I'm not sure that we just want any random person out there taking biological material and manipulating it the way they see the way they see fit. It says CRISPR, C-A-S-9, or CRISPR for short, has given scientists a powerful way to make precise changes to DNA in microbes, plants, mice, dogs, even in human cells. The technique may help researchers engineer drought-resistant crops, develop better drugs, cure genetic disorders, eradicate infectious diseases, and much more. Ask any, bio- ask any biologist and they'll likely tell you that CRISPR is revolutionary. It's cheap and effective, and in many cases, it works much better than older methods for making genetic modifications. Biologists will also tell you that CRISPR is very easy to use. But what does easy to use mean? Now look, that's 2017. They've learned a few things since then. Their DNA is not two-dimensional. It's at least three-dimensional. 
So when they when they clip out a piece of DNA on one part of the of the of the DNA strand, it affects other things in other places, and it affects. It's like taking out one line of uh, of uh, code in a ten million line program. It's not just going to have one effect. It may have the desired effect, and it may have a lot of other effects that are not desired. So the human DNA is far more complex than what they're making it seem like. And it's far too complex for some random hobbyist to be taking DNA of humans or uh, biological material or whatever and mutating it in ways that they think are interesting. So this notion that Tom DeLong should procure biological material that's been uh, taken out of a UFO crash, taken out of a UFO encounter, whatever, wherever it came from. And then he just has possession of this stuff. And he takes it to a lab somewhere, and he manipulates the DNA in that biological material in ways that satisfy him without regard to the effects on humankind. It's not okay with me. Especially in light of the fact that Tom's talking about changes being, effect, being affected on human uh, con- human populations of, of the earth basically through biological means that will bring us to a new level this this is a uh, this this is a this is a platitude of megna, megalomania that is frightening to me the notion that you know hey I'm Tom DeLong I've got these deep state friends and we're here to tell you about UFOs. Yeah, we've seen some crazy, scary stuff. But don't worry about it. We've got it under control. And, oh, and by the way, you're going to be forced to take this biological, I don't know, injection, cold virus, uh, cup of Kool-Aid, whatever he wants to call it. And as a result, you're going to have superhuman powers. Why well, you might have telepathy, you might be smarter than you already are. It'll all be good, though. Don't worry about it, because I'm Tom. Without, without the thought that when you, that when you change one part of the human DNA, all the other parts have to respond too. Now, I want to look at this one more excerpt here. So, just to wrap this up, I think it's important to take a look at exactly where Tom's coming from. Now, while he's putting posts on Twitter. Uh, soliciting biological material, metal, physical materials from these UFO craft. He's also saying some things or retweeting some things on Twitter that tell me that he's coming from a completely different place. Now, I found this on Reddit, and uh, the contributor was r slash UFOs, posted by Quantum Cryogenics. About a month ago it says, Interesting quote retweeted by Tom DeLong. It says, they aren't angels, they aren't devils, they aren't human beings. There's something in between who share our world with us in a hidden state. That's by Timothy Green Beckley, San Castile says, at all, round trip to hell in a flying saucer, UFO parasites, alien soul suckers, invaders from the demonic realms. That's interesting. They aren't angels, they aren't devils. They aren't human beings. There's something in between. There's something in between who share our world with us in a hidden state. That's not 
that's not something to me that I want to get next to, okay? This, just that definition sounds like, uh, sounds like a state of evil to me. They aren't angels, they aren't devils, they aren't human beings. Well, then what are they? It says there's something in between, they are something in between who share our world with us in a hidden state. If that's what you really think these things are, Tom, why would you want somebody to send you biological material recovered from one of their craft? How could it be anything but dangerous? And considering the fact that we have these CRISPRs out there that a person can pick up for a few thousand dollars now, and you could take that material from one of these craft, which is probably already quite dangerous to you know, us being in a foreign environment, but you could take that, run it through one of these CRISPRs, and do who knows what with it. That, in the light of the fact that the guy is talking about humankind is on the edge of being force-fed something biologically that's going to change, it's going to change the entire human race for the better. So, you know, I guess I'm bringing all this out because I see, I see so often in this whole UFO phenomenon that you have certain people are just kind of idolized. They're, they're, they've reached celebrity status. And that's fine. If they're entertainers, I can enjoy their stuff. If they're investigative journalists, that's great too. But we can never set aside our own uh, autonomy to allow somebody else to tell us what these things are, uh, where they come from, what their motives are. These are all things that we have to decide for ourselves based on the evidence we ourselves uncover. Never forget that. You're the one that has to decide. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out. Thank <music> you.